All right, welcome back to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I'm Ernesto Sanchez. I'm here with Marty Griffin and John Downing, and we're here to give you a quick roundup of this week in sports. Good to see you, Marty. Welcome back. I uh, personally want to thank you guys for uh, picking up the uh, slack. It's been uh, quite a whirlwind of three months of a newborn and being a father and uh, changing jobs and this and that, but uh, listening to the show and trying to kick in here and there and listen to Johnny about leaning in and leaning out. (laughs) That was a good rant. That was a Kyrie rant. I fucking hate that guy. I've I've appreciated the... um, Marty's view from the bench. That's uh, that's been great. Too. It was weird to hear that play out because all my windows were up, but I did sound like I was in a wind tunnel doing that from the <laughs> car. That I was racing over to Peterborough, New Hampshire, for for work, and it was just wild. It was just like you thought I was like on the autobahn or something. Like you said, yeah, it's that... like crazy. <laughs> uh, it's a good time. Makes me sound like a jet setter. <laughs> Episode number forty nine, guys. We are one away from. 50. From halfway to 100. I'm, uh, I'm proud of us. We've been doing this a long time. So uh, we'll get right into our number 49s. Um, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> Another tough number. Yeah. So in 2015, Dominic Simone wore the number 49. He is best known as Sidney Crosby's Whoopi. So far as we could tell, he's only on the team because Sidney Crosby likes him. And uh, when Sidney Crosby's on your team and he wants something like Jack Johnson at five years, $5 million a year, um, you do what he wants. So my number 49, the Czech uh, ice hockey player for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's a forward. Um, shoots left-handed from the Czech Republic. I already said that. Yep, oh, there we go. Um, that's really all there is to say about him. My number 49, who's actually number 12, Dominic Simone. All right, I'll kick it over to you, Marty. Oh my God. I I reached deep, deep into the archives here. This jockstrap supporting young man at 40, 49, uh, from the Hudson Hornets middle school football team, uh, ran my... My, my, I'm talking about me, of course, Marty the Moose Knuckle Griffin. I was all sacked. I got sacked a lot. <laughs> but I was uh, hybrid quarterback, hybrid fullback. I ran my 40 in eighth grade. The coaches like loved my size because I was stocky and big. I ran my 40, and they're like, you kind of suck. You're kind of slow, kid. <laughs> Average about 1.3 yards a carry. Out of eight, ga- eight games in uh, eighth grade, I had two touchdowns. Had some pretty good blocks. I thought I was a pretty decent like fullback. I had more interceptions than touchdowns as a quarterback, uh, but I had to dig deep. There's no 49s out there. Uh, as I was kind of like racing to look for something, I did find one Hall of Famer, and that was Bobby Mitchell. Um, we're talking about 58 to 68. He was one of the best running and receiving returning combinations in NFL history. Bobby Mitchell finished his career ranked second all-time in total all-purpose yards and turned four successful seasons as a halfback with the Browns before switching to wide receiver after his trade to the Redskins. And immediately that following year from switching led the league in receiving yards. So pretty much a badass during his time. But like I said, 49 is a rough one. We, we saved one good one, and that Johnny has that, so I'll turn it over to him. 
I don't even know if he's a good one. I mean, come on. I, I oh, know John. The, the pink hat Red Sox fans love him. But, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, what? We're going to have a fight. John, I just did Dominic Simone's old number. Like I played in two of his charity golf tournaments. The guy is a stud. He's awesome. A nice guy awesome doesn't being. make him a stud. Come on. All right, my number 49 is, you know, a lot of knuckleballers wear the number 49 in baseball, and he's a knuckleballer as well. I'm going to go with Tim Wakefield, born Wait, August 2nd, 1966. Uh, most remembered for his 17-year tenure with the Red Sox. Played from 95 to 2012. Longest serving player on the team. Um, when he retired, Wakefield was the oldest active player in the major leagues. How old was that? Uh, let's see. Uh, you're going to make me do math on live air here? No, I'll edit it when in. When was he born? 66. 66. 2012. Yeah. 48. Yeah. Was he really 48? Yeah. John Downing, math guy. Math guy. He was really 48? Yeah. Holy smokes. I actually did not that's, edit that. That's in. the beauty of <laughs> yeah, right. That's the beauty of uh, being a knuckleball player. Yeah, like, I guess. Right? Uh, he made his debut for Ernesto's team on July 31st, 1992, for the Pittsburgh Pirates, where he played his first two seasons there. Uh, he was a one-time All-Star in 2009. Won the World Series twice with the Red Sox in 2004 and 2007. Won the Roberto Clemente Award for Sportsmanship in Baseball in 2010. He's a member of the Red Sox Hall of Fame. But like I said before, he's most known for his signature knuckleball. Uh, Wakefield won his 200th career game on September 13, 2011 against the Blue Jays and is third on the Red Sox with 186 team victories behind Roger Clemens and Cy Young. He is second. Yeah, he's all right. Whatever. Well, all right, fine. His career ERA (laughs) is 4.41. Where's that going to get you? Not Not far. Uh, his career Bench went, coach overextended him his career. His okay. career one loss record is 200 and 180. So a little over 500. No, I mean, when he was good, he was really good and he had some dominant stretches, but then he had some stretches where he was really bad. But the one area, the Red Sox could use him actually this year now with their pitching staff so decimated, losing uh, Porcello and David Price, they're going to need someone who can eat up a lot of innings. And I think that's what, what Wakefield will best be known for is a pitcher who could eat up a lot of innings throughout the long 162-game season. And if he could come in and, and pitch at least two-and-a-half to three-thirds innings and not like have to repeat through the cycle, he was dominant. And you could use a day. You could use them multiple yeah, days in a row. Absolutely. When he, he was he relieved for a while, he, was, he closed for a year. Um, but mostly he was a starter. Hell of a humanitarian. Yep. A lot um, of charities. He was nominated eight times for the Roberto Clemente Award. Yep. And let's see, last but not least, he is first all-time in innings pitched by a Red Sox pitcher, as I mentioned before. Innings eater with 3,006. He surpassed Roger Clemens' total of 2,777 on June 8th of 2010. So, yeah, 49, Tim Wakefield. Funny story about him is I did a card signing at Waxy O'Connor's over in Keene back in the day for him and Trot Nixon to sign. Oh, I love Trot Nixon. Yeah, Trot was awesome. So my job was as a bartender at Waxy's to come back into the function room, make sure they had plenty of beer that was underneath the table. And by the end of that trade show, which was about four and a half hours, they probably drank a case each and didn't even act like it phased them whatsoever. Granted, it's Bud Light, which is piss beer. Sorry, Bud Light, you don't endorse this, so fuck off. It's okay. But, uh, <laughs> but those those two guys, 
who not only because they tipped me very well, but the fact that they just stayed behind and wanted to talk to the staff and like wanted to interact with people on a different level wasn't like your time's up. Yeah, they just crushed a case of Bud Light and they're feeling very friendly. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just the fact that they stayed around, like didn't like just do their contract time agreement, but stayed around and wanted to like talk to people and like interact and talk about, you know, New Hampshire and Keene and sports and how they, how they, you know, what was the baseball following like for Red Sox in that era and like, you know, the year that, you know, the big comeback against New York. And, I mean, so many people had so many questions for them, and they just chose to stay, stick around and like, answer that and just be just human I, to the basis of the word. They're, 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 that impressed me a lot, and that's why Trot and Tim Wakefield are probably on my top of my list is my favorites of all time as far as Red Sox. Yeah, I remember meeting Roger Clemens in 1989 or 90 when I was, like, 12 years old, and he was a dick. <laughs> I, still, I still loved him anyway. I met him in Austin twice because I'm from Texas, a UT function, because he's, he's a longhorn and the guy was an asshole. So, all right. And we have a little side note, Red Sox breaking news. So the Red Sox signed outfielder Kevin Pillar. Okay. So he's not Mookie Betts. Take not Mookie Betts whatsoever. But I mean, he's, good. he's good. He's, he's, he's solid. Good. He's the Red solid. Sox fans will like him if you're still a Red Sox fan. All right, Johnny. Uh, oh. A week ago, you were ready to set everything red, white, and blue in your house on fire. If we were at my house tonight, I would do that for you, but yeah, I didn't. All right, so take us down the rabbit hole, Johnny. What's going on with the Red Sox? Well, they just made a trade. Uh, They finalized the deal for trading Mookie Betts and David Price to the Dodgers for 23-year-old outfielder Alex Verdugo and... uh, Infield prospect, second baseman, short slash shortstop slash third baseman, Jeter Downs, who's uh, was finished the year in Double A last year, so he'll likely start the year in Double A. Wasn't there supposed to be a pitching prospect involved in this, but uh, he yeah. failed his physical? Fat boy Gatorade. Fat boy Gatorade. Bruce Star. Gatorade. I was gonna. S- <laughs> hey, I'd live with that. I was going to say, these like... Yeah, uh, so he, has, <laughs> he was a 21-year-old pitcher that was supposed to be acquired a week ago when the deal was first made initially. It was a three-way, it was a three-way deal. So there was a, the Twins were involved in a three-way with socks on. Hot. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm bringing hardwood bat for that one. All right. Okay. But the Twins... <laughs> Their socks back backed out of the three-way with the twins. <laughs> got cold feet. They got cold feet. Uh, All right. So what happened is, apparently, this pitcher, the prospect that they got from the twins in the deal, Bruce Dar Greaterall, who's 21 years old, throws 100, 101 miles an hour with a nasty sinker. Um, he's got some medical issues with his arm. The old Tommy John. He's had right? Tommy John, which isn't a, it definitely isn't a, a bad. Now it increases your velocity. It's not, the curse, velocity, it's not right? the curse of the yeah. 80s, sometimes Tommy it helps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, it does put you. I, I think it puts you at higher risks. You know, for another Tommy John a few years down the road. But anyway, another thing that concerned the Red Sox, I think, is that he fact that he put on fifty pounds in, in just a, a year. So two years ago he was two hundred and ten pounds, and by the end of last year he was two hundred and sixty pounds. And there's a famous picture of him on the internet um, eating ice cream, six, six scoops of ice cream. So they call him Mr. Six Scoops. <laughs> anyway, so you know, obviously when the Red Sox got this return last week of Bruce Dark Greaterall and Alex Verdugo, 
Um, in the three-way deal with the Twins, the fans went apeshit, as they should have, because... You went apeshit. Well, everyone did, because you're trading Mookie Betts, first and foremost. He's a 27-year-old, second-best player in baseball. Yeah, but he um, wants $400 million. In, in 12 the- years, $420 million was his asking price. That's what he asked the Red Sox for. A lot of people are saying he was never going to sign with the and Red Sox, but he did his- give them right. a number. And go off the history of what Red Sox has spent in the past for players. This is nothing ridiculous in my mind. No, they've given over $100 what, million what did, to Brisbane Castillo, we, the, to Pablo what Sandoval. What we took a, a dice K, the, the, the chances we took on him, the contract we spent for they him They just gave well. over $200 million to, to Chris Sale. They gave over yeah. $200 million to David Price. We're talking about a young stud outfielder in the prime of his career who's already won an MVP, gold gloves, silver slugger, World Series. Embedded in the, in the culture of the, of the city and loves to be there. Like It's just like it blows my mind. It Teams like the Red Sox just don't trade. You don't trade Mookie that. Bats. to save one percent. The Yankees would tax. never do that. The Astros, never, the Dodgers wouldn't do that. Teams don't don't do that unless you're the Pirates. Sorry, Ernesto. The Pirates or the but Royals. But you're in a market that's going to fail ultimately. But like I'm, like you're saying, like it's the Dodgers or you know, I mean, even the Angels would even spend that much to keep that there. They've done that with Mike Trout. For Absolutely. Christ's sakes. Yep, I mean, that that was my it. argument last week when I was talking to a friend. It was like. You're in a market you know you're not going to win, but you're trying to keep somebody there who's going to sell tickets and sell prices and be a show for you. That is Mookie Betts. That is mm-hmm. the best player. People will travel afar to see him play. Puts the asses in the seats. Absolutely. It, it just absolutely blows my mind that they're at, that we've come to this point. I feel, I feel bad for J.D. because it was the whole aspect of him re, re, you know, re-signing is the fact that they're going to like land Mookie to be there with him. Mm-hmm. And now he's just stuck holding the bag. Like, what the fuck? So the initial trade when they were getting Verdugo and Graterol was, you know, went, went through and they said that was the deal. And Price and Betts go to the Dodgers. And then the media and fan backlash was enormous. And I knew they, the, the Red Sox knew that it was going to be bad and it was going to be harsh. But I don't think they realized it was going to be this bad. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, they were gonna, the return seemed very weak. And the fact that, you know, if you're trading a player like Mookie Betts, you better get something than a, a, a guy. So I think the Red Sox are saying that, that Bruce Dark Graterall, the pitcher that they were getting in return, they initially said they saw him as a starting pitcher, even though the Twins last year they were using him as a reliever. Right. And so the Red Sox then later in the week on Saturday when they reneged on the deal with the Twins and gave Graterall back to the Twins, they said... Uh, we initially thought he would be a starter. Now we think he's only going to be a reliever because of his arm issues and whatnot. They so use that as, a, as an as an excuse. Excuse, yeah. Right, but but I think it was because they needed to get something larger, more of a return back right. to justify this deal. And getting Jeter Downs does that for them from the Dodgers. Right. But and the, one of the beauties is to carry the contract for Price too as well. I mean, that's huge. To and so they're also paying that. half of David Price's $96 right. million dollars that the Dodgers will be paying that for the next That, to me, is like huge for us to, to, to clear that. But, but David Price was a valuable pitcher for the Red Sox. Whether you like him or hate him, he, I think that, he I think came a, through. I think, and, I think it's a two-way street for fans. Is like, you know, like some fans want to see us get rid of that and the contract and the money that goes with that. But I think that was he was the biggest scapegoat like he was that buffer in a way like all right we got rid of him and the contract and that but i i just 
it's hard for me just to break it down and accept the fact that you just gave up potentially. I know you can rank him second right now, but in my mind, what will be the best player in baseball through his career and that we've seen probably in our lifetime. I mean, Manny Machado go over, over $300. Yeah. $300 million. Right. Bryce Harper got over $300 million. And I'd rather have bets than either of those either guys. Either of those guys. Um, and the Red Sox are one of the teams that can afford to pay those those types of players. And to have them on your own team and to let them go, I don't see if you're a Red Sox fan or were a Red Sox fan, if you spend a single dollar on any of their merchandise, um, tick home ticket sales, right. or whatnot this year, then you're part of the fucking problem. You are because and you don't. He doesn't have to be that like you're saying Machado. He doesn't have to be the trout. He doesn't have to be a home run guy. He has to be a guy that gets on base. He can stretch a play. He, can he does create. it all. He does it all. How about the playoffs against the Astros and the the throws that he made to gun guys down from the outfield. He has an unbelievable arm. He has unbelievable range. Right. That's why he wins Gold Gloves. So and play- the guy is just a five tool dynamic player. So I'm going to take a step back and reverse the role with Johnny right here and let's say, all right, let's be the devil's advocate here right here and say it's worth the trade because he hasn't been the guy you needed him to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you can get a big return from him. So what? And maybe this is just me as a Pirates fan and I'm used to uh, trading away all the good guys for the, for the sake of uh, the window and starting again. But, I mean, you guys just won two years ago. And with all, I don't think any of this happens if the Alex Cora stuff doesn't go down. And I think, you know, maybe they just want to. No, it was going to happen either way. Wipe this. You think so? I agree, I, I agree to that. May, well, they, maybe the writing just was on wipe. the wall. They started putting the writing on the wall for this two years ago when they started saying, oh, Mookie didn't accept our $100 million contract. Right. Oh, Mookie didn't. And then the next they year, he didn't like accept our $200 million offer. Like he was, They started yeah. to say that he was the one yeah. not, willing to, not willing to bend. Right. But he made them an offer 12 years, $420 million, and they chose not to pay him. They chose, they want to reset the luxury Would tax have because tra- of the penalties. This is the third year in a row that they'll be over the luxury tax. So the penalties are, are pretty harsh. You lose 10, 10 slots of draft picks. So instead of drafting, you know, 25th, they'll draft, they would draft 30, uh, 35th. But this is like one and of the best you, teams that have And then you pay 40% on every dollar from. over the luxury tax. So, right. I mean, that's a price, a high price to pay, but you can reset it in other ways. They could have reset it by trading price and getting rid of JBJ and, and, you know, maybe some somebody else. You, you find a way to keep Mookie Betts, is what I'm saying. You find a way find to a keep way. a Mookie Betts. You don't trade a Mookie Betts. And you had the number. Pay him. I'm sorry. Pay him. You're the Red Sox. You sorry. pay so much millions of dollars to these other guys that have sucked over the Pay him. I'd rather stand behind, behind him and not make the playoffs rather than let him go and take a chance of not making the playoffs. Right. Whatever the case may be. And, uh... Yeah, so my allegiance is I've switched. I'm rooting for the Dodgers <laughs> now this year. I'm done. I'm not going to be part of Bro, the fucking I, problem. I'm, you I'm want to s- sing Sweet Caroline and wear your pink Red Sox hat to a I, game? Have at it, but I'm you're part screwed. of the fucking problem. I am a Astros fan and a Red Sox fan. Where the hell do I go? Rangers? The twins aren't bad, man. I like the twins are doing. Do I go Rangers? Rangers They're are making moves. I like the Rangers. They're making year. hard Corey moves. Kluber. Yeah? Yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> Don't root for the Red Sox. I'm telling you, if you're rooting for the Red Sox this year, you're part of the fucking problem. 
But that's the typical Red Sox fans, just like jump wagon when fucking shit goes wrong. No, I stuck with them through the lean years, man. I was there. I was I was one of the few in the stands in the mid '90s, the early '90s, getting stand getting the standing room tickets and going up to find better seats because there were there was you could do that back in the day. Oh, you could walk down when I first. You can't do that anymore. But back in the day, I was I stuck it out through the lean years and the hard times with that team, and for them to just let this happen burns me up so bad. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. It's not like they don't have the money. It was a so now Henry gets to buy another yacht now, so fuck him. Yeah. Fuck John Henry. Fuck the Red Sox. Do we have odds on favorites um, yet for uh, this year's upcoming season? Like, like who's making moves to win the, win it all? Well, the Yankees are the big favorite. The Yankees are the big favorite. Yeah, I agree yeah, with that. I mean, I, I think favorites. that's why Dodgers felt that because Yankees made those moves yeah, and the they want to be acquiring Garrett be Cole. There, but... yeah, Garrett Cole. Here's my question: How does Mookie be received in the Dodgers dugout? Coming from a Cora system, coming from the Dodgers losing to the Astros and the Red Sox, uh, with all this indication of. Cheating or whatever, you think he's going to be asked? Um, some so like a lot questions. of the reports coming out lately about the cheating was that it was rampant throughout baseball, and if you know a lot of the baseball players are saying you know if they took a closer look at all the teams that they would find they everybody's would find doing sim- similar stuff. The Astros were just the Got team, caught. right? Yeah, I like the angle. I can't remember the Dodgers player. I'm sorry, I wasn't prepared to like talk about this, but there is a player coming out to make a lawsuit against the Astros, not to like. Revoke the championship against them that year, but at least ro- revoke the thirty million that they get for winning the championship that the Cubs has, oh, has wow. to play that way. He's going to hit them in the wallet instead, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I'd be curious to see. Although I, I can't, I just can't imagine it amounting to much of anything. But we'll see. Okay. All right. Uh, pivot on to basketball. Oh man. I. Uh, Caught a little bit of something. Uh, the Greek Freak uh, showing Zion Williamson what the NBA is all about. Zion showed him a little bit too before that. I mean, he Zion going against that front front court is tough because they played him the right way. Obviously, Zion is not the tallest in the world. He's strong for his size. But Milwaukee... That's where I think why they're the elite in the East is because they know how to coach and like play a game plan around certain players, and that's what scares me as a Celtics fan. But when Zion ripped that ball out, out of uh, Giannis's hand on that rebound, he showed a little bit of his his strength and his up and coming. Like I'm here, I, I'm present, but I got a lot to learn. But the Greek freak is on another level. We all know that. Stuffed them up like three or four times. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just laid back. They knew, like, if they gave him space, they had the length. Even Middleton has a length to contest the shot, but they can take two steps off of him to play off when he drives to the basket to play on his on his strong hand. And that's where he's got to learn. He's got to be able to offset and fake and learn that mid-range shot. We didn't know that he could take the three in his, his debut, and he definitely went off in his debut for 16 points in that fourth quarter. We gave up on that game. We were talking so much shit oh, that yeah. game. Being tired because we work early, like left out that morning, and it's like Johnny like reminded us that morning, like 
You guys so, missed out. I didn't see the game. Yeah. I, and then all of a sudden, like, I wake Probably up. Probably reading text. In the middle of the night, yeah. I see all, like, the breaking news. Like, yeah. Zion does this, that, and everything. And I look at your text, and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> it was like, you guys are saying the boring game. And then Zion quarters. was amazing in the fourth quarter. Well, and it was a thing watching, like, <coughs> obviously coming off that injury that he didn't want to, like, press the situation. Maybe he's feeling a little bit, like, a little timid coming off that and wanting to plant and do this. But they were playing six feet off of him so yes he hit threes it's like it was basically a shoot around before the game starts because they're playing off of him so in daring him to shoot but he led a big comeback oh he led yeah. no and i mean that's that's a little bit on the, their fault on the other team for not <laughs> playing defense which the spurs is, against the spurs though. yeah which is we could all agree obsolete in this league nowadays defense we can talk about how you know we're, we're talking about games ending 130 to 121 on the regular. Yep. There's no defense anymore. This is like an all-star game where they decide to play in the fourth quarter. I, I feel like there's this whisper within the NBA of be entertaining, score a lot of points, try to stay competitive within the game, but score points, but make it competitive in the last eight or nine minutes. I feel like there's like a little conspiracy theory about how like making this game more entertaining and winning fans over. Hey, I, you don't have to sell me too hard on conspiracy theories. I'll buy that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially because the conspiracy theories over the years have been true. Like like the NBA refs fixing the games. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's just one rogue official, Tim Donaghy. Yeah, okay. What about the two other guys he went to high school with that were fixing games at the same time, you know? And this, and the whole thing with the uh, the lottery, the NBA lottery, mm-hmm. and the and the envelopes was right. it the uh, frozen envelope or right. with Patrick Ewing back in the day, like all that shit is true. So I'll buy into <laughs> the conspiracy into theories. I just really think it's turned into an entertainment sport. It's not too far away. Celtics have a big game tonight. Huge game! Can't wait to get home and watch that with the Rockets because that a, OKC game the other day was great. I want to talk about that trade with Capella. That is the dumbest move on the Rockets' part with the D'Antoni system. I feel like they system. have something smart, no, though. Probably. I feel like they've got something. They've, they've. I feel like Daryl Morey, their GM, has like, um, no, has he, like brought. You know, we know no. that he's brought analytics to basketball. So, like, I feel like there's something that, that the that the public, like, who they're not very smart basketball fans, like myself. Um, I know basketball, but I'm not very like a super smart basketball fan. Like I feel like Capella is a um, what's the word? Like a golden like like he looks great, but there's something that we're, I'm missing. I don't know if because why would they trade him? Because this is the owner's ability to feed into Dan Tony to still make the playoffs but fail. He's, Dan Tony's going to be the fall guy this year because they know they're not going to win. But they and just put that on the, uh, the Lakers the other night. They won the Lakers okay, without Capella, but they got crushed by the Jazz. Crushed. Yeah, but the Jet, no, the Jazz had a last-second three-pointer. Bogdanovich and the Suns, the amazing that three. I'm sorry, but like, this is not going to hold up in the playoffs. That that formula would not hold up in the playoffs. Their biggest I mean, player, their good thing is we'll find is out. Six six at PJ Tucker. That's their biggest. Player. I know. That's the smallest lineup since the '76 Knicks. But the Celtics are doing similar things. No. Well, so they're not that. exactly, but they're doing similar things. Cancer's playing out of his mind right now. Yeah, and he need, he he talk about Oscar weekend. I just think it and goes come back to that, the Warriors, he, he gets man. the best supporting actor in Jason Tatum's role because he's been cleaning up a lot of Tatum's mess. I think it goes back to the Warriors. He's a double double beast. Small ball. 
But Play they, small wings. But you still had Green who could pull it in and out and still be effective defensively. They they have abandoned the fact that they're just going to choose to shoot more and hope to score more and not play any defense whatsoever. So you think the Capella trade was bad, huh? I think it's bad. Interesting. They'll make the playoffs if that's all they want to do is make the playoffs and sell tickets, but you're not going to win with that system. There's and then no how about the Hawks, man? The Hawks now with Trey Young Can it, you, and Collins and Capella. That looks good. Hawks looks great. It looks good. Yep. Miami looks great. Picking up Iggy. Fuck Miami. Why? I just don't like them. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't like them. <laughs> With Butler? You don't I like hate Butler? Jimmy Butler. Oh, dude. I hate cause he, if Iguodala. You, if this was the 80s, you'd love Jimmy Butler. You'd love his attitude. Oh, I like Larry Bird in the 80s. It's not very far off what he does. <laughs> no, I feel like Jimmy Admit Butler that. is... He's uh, not very... He, he wants the ball. He will play against the ball. He will... I'm not a Jimmy Butler he will, fan. He will call you out. He is a shit when it comes to media. He's a shit in the locker room, but he is consistent. He wants you to play hard. He's not Jimmy my Butler's cup of tea. Man. I don't know why. He's just not. All right. I get it. But Tatum getting player of the week. Celtics, I love this team. I love it. But you know, here's my thing, Johnny, is I've been more excited, and I think that the East Coast is even more of a chance winning than the West this year. And I haven't been able to say that in a long, long time. Really? I really think from one to four that any of those East Coast one to four teams scratch. Miami? Toronto? Yes. Really? The way the Toronto's playing? 18-game winning streak? Yeah, I know, but they're still Toronto. I mean, so here's the thing, Marty, with the schedule this year in the NBA. The defending champion? They don't have Kawhi Leonard. Who... Sorry, he's the best player in the league yeah, only. Siakam, Sorry, he's gone. Siakam has filled his role very well. I know, I know he's good, but I, I love him too. But the thing about the NBA is, and the Celtics have gotten into, lucky with this, or not lucky with this, it's just the way of the league. The way of the league is there's so many bad teams, and so you can get a, 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 a nice stretch of schedule where you can play 15, 20 games versus almost nobody over 500. So hard. And then you just stack up wins. And that's what I feel like the Celtics have done a lot of this year, especially in the first half of the year. Their, their schedule strength was like last in the league. So they were just racking up wins against bad teams. You're talking Bucks 46 and 7, Raptors 40 14, Celtics 37 15. They've been on quite a, a win streak themselves going against the Rockets tonight. They win tonight, it's, it's going to show me a lot on the road. The OKC win the other day was big. OKC is huge. Yeah, that was a Even huge, though they almost blew it at the end. But, you know, the amount of rotation with their injuries and what they've been going through when Jalen Brown steps up. I actually like this team a lot more with Walker off the court and Jalen Brown and Tatum playing together. Mm. I really think it moves differently. I think it have a great flow. I feel like there's more of an inside presser. You have like the Wanamakers and uh, the Wims that like going in and like taking taking more opportunities. I like how the ball moves. I love Kemba. I, he's not. He's not because oh, when he takes a shot, it's good. He gets down the court and he, and he and he takes a shot right away. Kyrie used to just dribble, dribble, dribble. Wee! Look at me! I can dribble through my legs around the back. Look at me! I can dribble. And then twenty seconds later, he shoots, yeah. and it was there. everyone else on the team would just stand around, being like, "Oh, fucking Kyrie! He's gonna do his dipsy do thing again." Right. But and at least with Kemba, it's he goes down, he gets the ball, and he shoots it. And right. so it keeps everyone else engaged in the offense. That's the difference between Kemba and Kyrie. 
But here's my thing. When I when I compare the two sides, you have the Lakers, Nuggets, and Clippers. Then you go Jazz, Rockets, Thunder. I don't think anything outside of the number three in the West can compete with the first four in the East outside of those three. Strong take, but I disagree. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Right. We'll see. Johnny, do you think this uh, Milwaukee Bucks team is uh, better than or less than the – Golden State Warriors team that went on that historic run and ultimately lost to Bucks haven't done shit yet. The Bucks are a flawed team. Budenheiser's Hawks teams, they would do the same thing. They would get the number one seed in the East and have over 60 wins and then suck in the playoffs. And the Bucks, I feel like, are similar, but just with a better number one player in Giannis. Um, no, I just I think they're a good regular season team. I don't think they're capable of winning an NBA championship. I agree to that. Because, I mean, this is a team that they, they do average 116 points a game, but also they're giving up 108. And when you're going to meet that team on the other side, I, I just think it's it's going to be a split series in a lot of ways. That's why I, I like Raptors and I like Celtics because it's, it's defense that creates offense. I, I like how they play on the defensive end right now in the East. I don't see anything much of that, and I, I used to think Clippers were on that level, but Clippers have been giving up a lot of points in the last six, seven games. I don't know if this is just a tired run, load yeah. management that we can get into, but the fact is, is like, I don't see defense in the West. I don't see defense in the West at all. I see a little bit of defense in the East. I see that with the Heat. I see that with uh, Milwaukee, and I definitely see that with the, That's a good with the Celtics. The defense is better in the East. Okay. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Did you guys see that uh, LeBron... Kobe style uh, dunk. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. I didn't think he was still capable. That was of that. awesome. I didn't know. That. I mean, that was just like one of those inspired moments of finding. I want LeBron to be old and done. I'm done with LeBron. Like, get out of here. But if he can still do that, that's not a good sign for the for people like me who want him to be done. <laughs> and it's kind of one of those things. Like in his latter of his career, he's winning me over a little bit more because they want to be that LeBron fan. But the guy is just a true competitor, and he just doesn't stop. Yeah, he's just he and he pulls the best out of you, and I think. In the last four or five years of his career, he has become that leader who wants to be a teammate, wants to be a leader and make Coach you on better. the court. Yeah, absolutely. Where it used to be in his young career, so we're about stats and like scoring and notoriety. I don't think he's that guy Not anymore. Clutch. Yeah. But he's still... <laughs> this is also the guy drinking wine on the bench, so let's not delve into too much of how... Uh, I could be a How supreme athlete grown. and get away with that too. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. So, real quick, just want to do a, a check-in about the most recent fight. Uh, shout out to Luke Martel uh, for hooking me up with the pass. Got to see UFC 247. Uh, that was in the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Ooh, you watched um, that one, huh? Yeah, it was an awesome card. Uh, started with the hometown boy Derek Lewis. Uh, a three-round decision over Ilir Latifi. Um, I thought this was Latifi. <laughs> one of a couple questionable decisions by the judges, and, and we'll get to uh, the big questionable decision uh, at the end. But Ilir Latifi um, was really in control of the fight uh, and, and took Derek Lewis down a few times, Lewis being one of those fighters who just lands – uh, some big heavy blows and kind of sucks win the rest of the time. Um, but I think the problem was that uh, 
Latifi couldn't get anything going off the ground. He never came into half guard, or he really just stayed in that full guard and laid on top of him. Uh, undersized guy. This was Latifi's first uh, heavyweight bout, and uh, Derek Luce is not a small man, so uh, a lot a lot of man to be moving around and picking up and taking down. Um, in the end, I think he got the hometown nod, and so uh, Derek Lewis comes away uh, victorious. Next, we had the featherweight match, uh, Mirsad Bektik versus Dan Ige. Uh, this was a three-round decision, uh, Dan Ige winning pretty, pretty handily, no controversy there. Next, we had Justin Taffa uh, knocking Juan Adams the fuck out in the first round. Uh, minute 59 in, uh, pretty dominating performance on his part. And then we had the main events. Uh, we had Valentina Shevchenko defending her belt, um, beat the absolute fucking piss out of Caitlin Chukagan, knockout in round three of a five-round fight. Uh, there's just nobody in that weight class that can uh, handle Shevchenko. Uh, she is an absolute machine. And then afterwards, in her comments, she did it half in English, half in Spanish, and then finished off in Polish or Russian or whatever the fuck, she, wherever she's from. But uh, uh, white <laughs> land. Um, and then finally, uh, we had the main event. John Bones Jones uh, against Dominic Reyes, the up-and-coming, uh, to that point, undefeated uh, fighter, kind of trying to stake his claim. And um, he, for me, he really controlled the fight, uh, especially the first three rounds, landing huge shots. Uh, John Jones really couldn't get anything going, couldn't get his wrestling going, no takedowns, anything like that. And then in the in the championships rounds, the the fourth and fifth round, you really saw John Jones's experience as he was uh, able to start uh, scoring on Reyes and uh, kept kept Reyes on his heels. Um, I think it for me it was two very clear rounds. Um, by Reyes, one that was the third round, kind of in the middle, but I still think Reyes uh, was the aggressor and landed the most significant shots. And then you know you could make a case for John Jones uh, winning those last two. Um, it wasn't unanimous. What's, well, you think so? What they wound up deciding was it was twenty nine twenty six John Jones. Uh, which is absolutely absurd uh, right. because that would mean that Jones only lost one round. Right. And that was the hard thing. I mean, I know in his interview he was stating that, you know, the takedowns were huge in the latter against Reyes, but, like, I I mean, even Joe Rogan was going off about the judging on this. And, like, he goes, I, I'm not going to argue the fact that he won, but to make it unanimous it was just a huge judging error. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe what I saw. Uh, I got to give credit to to Dominic Reyes, uh, who didn't throw a fit in the ring. He just ex- accepted it, uh, realized that you know took accountability for his part. In it. And Joe Rogan kept him in. He wanted to talk to him a little bit. Right. Um, Who's this Joe Rogan you speak of? <laughs> but he's the. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, he's the commentator. He's remember Fear Factor. I feel like Back I know the name. He's, oh, a, com- he's a comedian, uh, but he, he's, I think, 
I think mostly now known he's as a, the a, uh, the commentator he's the, he's for he's UFC. The face of UFC as far as announcing, yeah, you know. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, killer podcast, by the way. If you ever great podcast. He talks to like fighters, but he also talks to comedians and sport other sports guys. Bernie Sanders smoked weed with uh, Elon Musk. Uh, pretty cool. Anyways, um, <laughs> all of the announcers went on like a, it was actually really strange. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. It was like a, a the whole post fight thing was like a fifteen minute bitch fest about. And, rules and scoring and, and Dana you know, White's how, been pretty silent about this whole thing as well and and how you because all of these fighting commissions are different state to state so there's no um like unified rules right each you know so some states you What's know skewed to how you measure a fight yeah or, yeah, or just even rules of the fight. It's, it. yeah, exactly. Rules of the fight itself. Right, exactly. Like in certain states, two two hands on the ground is is uh, you can't think, kick right. kick them in the head. They're like defenseless or whatever. But in other states, like one only one hand is defense. So you, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it, it was just interesting to me to see on the on the UFC product um, there being. Uh, such criticism by the UFC guys, such such criticism right. of the product itself and the rules and the, the way it's being run. So that's my bit on uh, that's my fight corner. Nice. I mean, <laughs> stay on the fight corner. I mean, you got Tyson Fury that fight coming up. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, that that was a it's gonna be a hell of a, uh, a rematch between Wilder and him. Mm-hmm. That was quite entertaining the first time. We're talking February twenty second pay per view. How do you see that fight going? Uh, I haven't uh, sunk my teeth into it just yet, but uh, thanks to Luke Martel, uh, be able to <laughs> uh, you know keep up with keep up with these pay-per-views and, and keep giving you more some more detailed analysis. I guess in all uh, fairness, if you need masonry work, Martel Masonry, just uh, call me. I'll let you know. Uh, <laughs> he's plugging us in, we'll plug him in. But we're talking about 42-0-1 Wilder going against uh, Fury, who's 29-0-1 with 20 KOs. 40, there is 61 KOs between these guys. Yeah, it's sure, to be, it's sure to be a battle. And, uh, they are talking a lot of smack, and it was a hell of a first time around. I can't... I actually am going to go out on a limb uh, and, and watch this fight uh, in a couple of weeks and see how this goes. I mean, I haven't been excited about pro boxing like this in a while, and these two guys are studs, and they and they and they put on a show, which is fun too. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving right along to the big event that we missed. Been a couple of weeks. Been a couple of weeks. The Super Bowl guys, and I want to it's start us. Huh? It's been eight days. Well, yeah, but we, you know, our loyal listenership has missed us for those eight days. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to uh, start us off with the return of the clip of the week. We're going to do something a little different here with clip of the week, too. Uh, we're going to play it live so we can get Johnny's live reaction here. So Our next contributor, hey, Philly. You don't even have the best. Make it stop, dude. We this is it. terrible. <laughs> the best tight end in the National Football League. You ready for this? Travis Kelsey. So Kelsey's wearing a WWE Can belt. You dig it? 
This is so bad. I, I just want to say I love y'all. I love this fuck. I love this team. <laughs> close one. Nice one. This, this <laughs> is like close. my own personal torture. Like, put me in like... Oh, I feel like I'm going to vomit right now. Come on, they paid a lot of money. They got Trump speechwriters for this. This is embarrassing. Like, I feel bad for him because it's so clear he's a Gronk wannabe. I don't know if you see this belt, but man, this belt got something on it. It's got oh, the heavyweight God, champions up, of the world, baby. The heavyweight champions of the world. That memorial up there, I see everybody up there in that So, memorial. like, this is why I haven't turned on sports in the last eight days. Because of this nonsense. Veteran that went to war for us in World War One. <laughs> Fighting wars now? What's so bad. Right here in the heart of America. So bad. Right here in the heart of America. I was like, what America. are you talking about? 21 years. How about that? I'm going to walk this wall. How about 21 years? <laughs> walk this Y'all know what that means? Everybody here is thinking, oh, that's when I can, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> oh, 21 years. That's how, that's how long. No rewinding, please. Enough's enough. For my guy, Andy Reid. Oh, Jesus. Mm. It's just yeah, been turning. Fucking Andy Reid. Your judge once said his house is like a drug den. And what we do? What we do? Jim McMahon is like masturbating in his bed during the speech. Right? Like I'm hiring right, this guy. Vince McMahon. Oh, sorry. I was like, get yeah, Jim McMahon. Right, maybe Jim McMahon too. Because concussion protocol. He's probably like, what's this? What's going on? Six and whatever left on the clock. Down ten. Oh, please don't remind me. Why are we doing this? It's torture, Johnny. Mahomes and Andy Reid, baby. Oh my god. How about Sammy Watkins? Woo! How about Damian Williams? Woo! How about my dog, 5'5", five, five, and he ain't all sides? Motherfucking Frank Clark! <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright, Johnny. We'll give you a reprieve here. Oh, fuck. And now we have to live with this for the next, what? 10, 20 years, fucking Patrick Mahomes and the fucking Chiefs. You're gonna, it's so you get, bad, you get, man. You get in 20 years? It's so bad. Like, this is so bad. Like, you should have been thankful that we got Brady and Mr. Nice Guy, because now you're going to get this shit rubbed in your face. <laughs> this guy. I love this. Are you kidding me? This is entertaining as hell. This guy. Everybody's out here cutting WWE promos. It's perfect. Uh, this is what sports should be. It should Mahomes be loud. It's screaming it, it, bucktooth girlfriend. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Seriously, if you're Mahomes, like at least have a represent with a hot chick. Like that girl's ugly maybe, ass. Maybe he's stuck yeah. with her since high school. Whoa! Bro. Like, come on, Jesus! Man, Love is wow. blind, but uh, John. No, it's clear she's with him to fucking. You know, she has she has her priorities, and that's money. <laughs> Hungry. <laughs> what a what a detailed and uh, <coughs> like no nuanced Sorry for analysis of the Kansas City Chiefs you're giving here. Oh my god! It's true. Have you seen her? Did you see the scene that she, she caused at Gillette? Like, oh my god! Did you see the scene Tastes that she like nickels. she caused at Gillette? <laughs> that was like it's all promotional. This it's all about her fucking Instagram page and shit. And the same with her her, tic, her tic, his TikTok little brother. Oh god! Always the, off with his shirt off. With yeah. his shirt off, fucking he needs oh, to be in kids an a insane asylum. That dude. <laughs> 
Oh man, I love it when John gets all like, "Get off my lawn!" <laughs> all these kids and their TikToks and their twit twats. Man, yeah, I have TikTok. Ruining my you have TikTok? Yeah. What the fuck do you mean that you get pissed about it, but you just like invited in? What are you watching TikTok Gary for? Gary Vernon check or whatever said you? that TikTok is the next wave. No, it's not. For for maybe for like twenty year olds. Like, what do you mean? For you the gotta, but you gotta follow the kids for the money, dude. I heard TikTok is actually like really bad because there's a bunch of like perverts on there making comments on oh, really? like little Johnny, kids, get off. little kids dancing no, I just, videos. It's not, it's an, an investment not opportunity. Get off TikTok. <laughs> no, I, like an investment opportunity. No, Marty, I gotta know because it's a they say Gary Vaynerchuk, well, you know the Facebook guy. He says that that TikTok is where the next wave is, and so you have to be on top of that. So it was oh. Facebook, Instagram, not TikTok or now Snapchat. TikTok is the That's next such a thing. Dumbass name. Oh man, I don't okay. know. I don't even know what. So TikTok I wanted to at least is. see what it was. It's yeah. like so Vine. Only you can like interact with other people's videos. You can like take their okay. video and like make one. Yeah, next it's definitely to it. not my cup of tea, but I see more kids will like it. <laughs> you want me to post me dancing on and singing songs on TikTok? Uh, well, add to it, I guess. I guess you have that capability. <laughs> no, you'll, you'll not. You're not going to get that. Sorry. Oh my god! So oh, clearly, right. clearly, uh, the Super Bowl didn't go your way. Uh, yeah. I ta- I tried to tell you, Johnny. I was wrong about the over, but uh, I just had a feeling Kansas oh, City please. was going to be able don't, to pull Don't this tell out. me like I knew this. I knew I that. Did. Be- I no, did. No, nobody knew shit because the San Fran was the better fucking team. They were the better. They were the team. better team, the and better, Shanahan and Garoppolo it. fucked it up with six minutes to go. Garoppolo had the worst fourth quarter in the history of Super Bowl quarterbacks. Yes. In the history with a 2.8 quarterback rating. Hey, didn't I say That's it? how bad he was. Hey, and say... Shanahan was afraid of him and smartly afraid of him. But they right. should have done something other than what they were doing because they were up 20-10, to 10, had the game in hand, and that was a shit show. Every possession the Niners got in the fourth quarter, they, they failed to get to run clock. Get yardage, first down, points. They, they, they didn't get anything the that they needed to get on possessions where they had the lead in the fourth quarter. None of it. They didn't yeah. check any boxes, which is like, I'm sorry, I do blame Shanahan. And I do too. I do too. That and, thing was a I, fucking I mess. Even at the end. When I said the week before that, I'm like, I cannot accept that this guy will fuck this up twice as a Falcons coach and right. going in this. That he would, if he got the lead, there's no way he could fuck this up again. You got to be yeah, smart at that, that. level. Yeah. You, there's no way you could screw that up again. And he found a way. And I also said if Jimmy threw over 22 times, that they would lose. I said that he would throw two interceptions. They throw over two. 22 Funny thing times. is, to say he at six minutes left to go in the game, up 20 to 10. He was the MVP. He yeah. only had two incompletions Absolutely. at the time. I just uh, I proceeded to get very hammered at. Pretty much fourth quarter. So yeah, so I had the Niners. Obviously, yes, you did. clearly, yes, did. clearly, <laughs> I had the Niners. Not just to have money on the game. You know, I threw like um, two hundred and fifty on the on the Niners just to you know be invested a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just did not think that that defense and with. That offense that they, they would falter such. A, I, I, I'm just still in awe of it. The I game was in hand. Right and how about before the halftime? You to prove that Shanahan was afraid of Garoppolo. But at half halftime, they get the ball back with just mm-hmm. under two minutes to go, and the Niners had all three of their timeouts. Yeah. And they get the ball back, and they, he was and he, Shanahan said afterwards, said that he, he said yep. he was content with it being ten to ten at halftime. He was good with that. I'm sorry, but the point of the game is to win the game, to win. not to tie or stay close. Time it's is to on win your the side. Game. You Time have three timeouts, just under two minutes. 
And if you, you want to win the Super Bowl against and the Chiefs, an the offensive juggernaut, right. you better go get some fucking points. Right. And you're getting the ball back. It's the perfect. That's like, why the you do the double tap. dip. That's why you do the double dip. <laughs> That's it right there. That's why the Patriots have been so good over the years. Part of it is because they get the double dip. They defer. They get the ball in the second half and they so score at the, the end of the first half. What's the point of deferring if you're not going to try and score at Absolutely. the end of the first exactly. half? Why, right, right. Why put your defense on the field to start the game? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. The whole thing, it just blows my mind, the whole game. And so I had the Niners, and I thought the Niners were going to win. I felt good about it until it was 20-17. to 17. Then I texted you guys. I was like, oh, here we go. This is not good. Because it's like the door had been opened, and then, you know, you see the buttholes getting tight on the Niners' sideline. And it was just like, here we go. And the Niners couldn't get yardage, uh, waste any time. They couldn't get any points. And anything that they needed to do to... to Put them towards winning the game or closing the game. They didn't get any of it done, right. which is just a, an absolute abomination to be a team that goes to the Super At Bowl. And you can't take right. off time. You can't get yardage. You can't get points. Like you have to get something. You get something, and they couldn't get anything. Yeah, they just failed. And so and so then it's twenty to seventeen, and then the so the Niners do nothing, and the Chiefs get the ball back. And I'm like, okay, so at least here, if the Chiefs score, the clock's under two minutes. We're at like a minute and a half left to go in the game. At least if the Chiefs score, I'm like, look look at me. I'm going to have the square. I've got the Chiefs for a four and the Niners at zero. So if the Chiefs score here and make it 24-20, I'm like, at least I win a couple hundred bucks on square. So even though I lose the Niners bet, at least I win something here, get my money back. You know, no, where, no big loss. Whatever. In my mind, that's where you need a veteran quarterback on the San Francisco time to, to go off script in a moment to, to extend a play and try to make something happen. But so the same. Chiefs go ahead 24-20. Yeah. I think I got the square. The Niners get the ball back with a minute and a half to go. And they, once again, do nothing. And they give the ball back to the Chiefs immediately. Mm-hmm. Out going three. But no, they went out, they four, they went out on downs because they went for it on fourth down. And on the second play, they, they couldn't even stop him. Damian Williams down the sideline for a long touchdown. And I'm just like, shoot me in the fucking face right now because this is just my nightmare scenario. That I didn't think I had the capability of getting that angry over this game because I really didn't have that much like invested in this game. Um, even though I really hate the Chiefs, I had you know a couple hundred on the Niners. But still, like that's not like anything major compared to what I usually do on a Sunday. So I'm still furious about it. I'm still furious, and I still want to talk about it. I'm done watching the <laughs> shows about because now all we got to hear is how Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in history with this one fucking championship. Like, fuck out of here, TV media personalities. Fuck out of here. Like, get off of my TV with your stupid ass nonsense. You know who else led the fucking NFL in touchdown passes in his second year? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. So you know, let's get at least a couple more rings before we even go there. But, of course, we have to go there now. We have to go to Mahomes is, is the greatest quarterback of all time because it's always, what did you just see? What did you just see is the greatest thing I've ever seen. What did you just see? Oh, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen because I just saw it. It's the best thing ever. That's the fucking <laughs> life we live right now. I mean, what you just saw is the greatest thing in the history of the world. Yeah. That's how we live. That's how we live. I love it. Speaking of the greatest thing I've seen, um, halftime was magnificent. Yes, I'll agree with that. Thank you for calming me down. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Oh, it was like a battle of the booties. Like, I couldn't fuck. There were like no less than four or five like straight crotch shots as they were. Yeah. And then the. (laughs) Like the noise she made was so cute. (laughs) 
<laughs> on the, in the J-Lo on the pole. J-Lo on the pole. Okay, so before... Pause, rewind. Pause, rewind. Before the... Before the pole thing, so the pole uh, outfit, she had the silver outfit. Yes. But when she still had the white outfit on, the like under part, like where her yeah, fucking like tape, liner, where like, her like, tape like, like, was, you could see the silver costume underneath it. It, it looked, looked like weird. she had a, like, looked, a like, bedazzled maxi pad. I was like, what the, <laughs> what the fuck is going on <laughs> down there? Does it have wings? Thing. Like, Jesus. Given her age, we're joking that uh, we're just like, can, are you going through something at menopause? Is an extra protection right there? Just made it look nice, like extra padding. But maybe riding the pole that you need a little extra like cushion careful, right there. Yeah, be careful, yeah. careful there. Dude, I'm Shakira sorry, was fucking. It's okay. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful there. Shakira played drums. She played the guitar. She I said didn't she, she, Now she has an HBO special out, which is like amazing. She did the fucking. Come on, that these girls killed it. African man. dance at the end too, with like where they like. I never got. Shakira right. enough respect. I, like, I never did. I liked her. I've always Sherlock. liked her, but I, she's way more talented than I ever thought she was. She's wow. my new. She's my Patrick Mahomes. Also, thing I've ever seen. J Lo, yeah. fifty years old. I know. Be still, my fucking A-Rod heart. Had Holy hammer shit. just dancing in the crowd like that's my girl. Like I hate A Rod. Like fuck you for getting like having her. You piece of shit. Fuck All right, you. let's let's talk commercials. Uh, the Momoa commercial, probably best, best my favorite. Right. Best of all night. That was best in show for you. Wait, but wait, we'll go back to the, the halftime show because I heard a lot of angry Karens were out and about saying that this is bad for the every flat ass mi- Midwest <laughs> piece of fucking <laughs> fuck shit holding a Bible and a goddamn gun on the other hand talking about what's right in the world. I know. Yeah, it's, Adam like, Adam, Adam Levine basically did the same right. thing last, last year. year. And they loved it. I, I loved it too. It was what's, perfectly fun. What's the difference between Cher back in the day or what? Even before the boob, the nipple slip with Janet Jackson, what she was dressed in with Justin Timberlake on the stage, it was the fact that it's yeah. just they don't like their husbands getting excited. Absolutely, I, I think that's what it was. <laughs> I really think that's what it was. It was just and like their a, kids going to the room to masturbate or taking long showers or whatever they're doing. It's all right. More it's socks, right. And laundry on that Monday Life. morning. It's okay. <laughs> Sex is good. It's okay. It's natural. Like let's, let's just get this thing going. <laughs> all right. Back to commercials. <laughs> the uh, the Momoa commercial I thought was pretty good. Although some people are up in arms, the Karens are up in arms about uh, skinny shaming and bald shaming. Oh in, my god. In the uh, well, I mean, what, how do we get to this point? <laughs> How did we get to this point? That everything has to be like criticized. And here's, oh my God, I don't want to get even like put out a soapbox in the political world, but like, I, we gotta let it go. You need to fucking relax. You know. Sorry. Are we in or uh, are we in or out on baby peanut or baby out? That's piggybacking off baby Groot, which turned into baby Yoda, which is now baby fucking peanut. Oh, get fucking original. Stole it. Get original. I didn't even think about that. That's all stolen. Yeah. We're just a fucking baby. Let's make it a baby. Let's be cute. We can sell more. Fuck off. That pisses me off. All right. <laughs> Stamp of approval. You get it. All right. Did we like the uh, inter um, intercorporate commercials? Like where, where all the brand, like the different brands, were interacting with each other? Was that? I think that was cool? a way for them to save money. Well, it's all these marketing firms own the same rights oh, as these yeah. companies yeah. too, yeah. so they're just conglomerating. Conglomerating. I thought the Charlie Day stuff was kind of funny. Charlie Day was awesome. That was a good one. I love the Mountain Dew one with uh, Brian Cranston. So am I saying that right? Yes, yeah, so that was good. 
That was good. Yeah. Oh, and the and the uh, the opening of the Super Bowl was pretty cool too. The 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 like movie thing with the kids, and then all the kids ran into. Oh, the, the kid, the, the little stadium. kid, the football kid. Yeah, and, and he was running through all the cities, and like he was running through uh, Baltimore, and Ray Lewis gets tackled, and then he's running through New Orleans, and Drew Brees throws him a pass. Yeah, and yeah. That, and then he's on a field right before the game with the ball, and like, what is it? Let them play, or let the kids play, or yeah, whatever it is. It, yeah, that's a, you, oh you we got you got next or something like that. Yeah, what are the next hundred years gonna bring? But you lost me. Fun. You lost me at the rock introductions. I mean, I like. I, part of me wanted to like it so much, but part of me was just like, I look back on it. I'm like, hey, I mean, it's a team sport. I mean, I, you, you you focused on four players on each side, mm. and it's just like it should be a Especially team. Especially, I hate Mahomes so much. Like, I just like, I can't. <laughs> How much fl- how much poo was flung in your house at your TV that night? I hate just, like, Mahomes, man. You're he was, the thing the thing that I was loving is that he wasn't even good for most of the game. No, he wasn't. He was bad. And I'm like, oh, this is that. great. I'm like, I am in my element. This is what yeah. I need. I'm like, I need Mahomes losing this game. This game, he's not scoring points. This is great. He's throwing bad passes. He's throwing interceptions. He's throwing behind yeah. guys. I'm like, this is what I love. I'm like, this is great. It. So you, everybody's new, new wonder boy, wonder thing. But you they know. know that Brady's heading out. They know that. I mean, this is the next generation of football players coming in and quarterbacks. But the funny thing is, the they were on Lamar Jackson all year. Now they just slide over to Mahomes' dick. Well, Lamar like, Jackson oh, still got oh. still got Player of the Year. So I mean, he's got that to hold in his hand. They can't have both. You can't have Lamar and Mahomes. You pick one. You pick really? one. You got. I'm not letting him. I'm not letting them have both. Really? You can't have both. You can have one. You had Peyton and you had. I was Brady. Brady. For some years. I was yeah. Team Brady. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You right. You had Brady and Manning. You had to right. pick one. Right. You can't have both. You can't have. Oh, I'm a Lamar Jackson and I'm a Mahomes fan. You have to now pick one. You pick one and you ride or oh, die. From the general consensus, yeah, but I mean, this is a wavering fan base now that's just going to run with what's the what's hot, what's, what's hot, hot now. Right. I don't like that. That's not cool. I don't. I don't like that. Pick one. You guys are great. Pick but, one. You pick one. But pick honestly, your guy. Well, I, I, you pick your guy. But honestly, too, is like you almost have to become a fan of the players in this league now because of how much they move around. Because there's no dedication with with contracts and like riding it out with a team. I imagine like especially if you see like Dak leave the Cowboys. Like that would be that That's would right. be another. That would be a pretty big indicator. I oh feel like. Oh my god! And we're talking player. about Philip Rivers mm-hmm. leaving San Diego. You know, officially parting ways. Well, he's old. As of yesterday, Dak's still in his. his but his I know. Prime. But hearing this talk about oh, we could bring him in and put him right in the system because he's a smart <laughs> quarterback. Like, you let Dak go, you're a fucking idiot. We'll are you? Are you? Are you, uh, are you giving up? They let Dak go. No. I think they're gonna make Dak work. Colin Cowherd is like big on the fucking Brady to Dallas thing. He's been I talking about it for years now. This is he does look good in that cowboy uniform. Not as good as the Raider uniform, but I don't know. I, I would like to see him as a Raider, as a football Brady fan. Looks, oh my god! In that Raider talk uniform, about his marketing just Brady in that absolutely. I mean, just talk about the marketing tool that would be for that city to I have know. Brady like casinos, signing events, yep. like what he would do. Instantaneous for the town. That'd be the smartest move, smartest move by any franchise. Besides the, fact the Raiders him, are known to go after besides the old him, guys. Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay, like making that move. I think that'd be a good fit for Brady. Right but Brady there. will never go to a team like Tampa or Tennessee. Like, like that's I, not going to happen. That He's going to go to like receiving a, squad is. Stellar. I know, I know, I hear you, but I just can't see Brady in Tampa. I know, you know. I don't. I. He's probably going to stay. Going back but, to Dak. Like, let's be honest. Belichick's dumb. I don't man. think. I don't I think, think Belichick's like I'm yeah. good with you. 
Yeah, I think he's going. I don't think he's going back to the Patriots. I think it's over, man. Yeah. Real, real quick, because uh, we didn't mention it, and it was also awesome. The uh, the Post Malone Bud Light commercial. Uh, that's another one I hate. Post Malone. Oh my god, it guy. was so funny though. Maybe I'm just I'm he's old. You would love you would love the commercial though because he <laughs> he like gets thrown all the fuck around in it. Did you see it? No. Uh, I, check, I, I check. stopped watching when I saw it was posted. But if you saw, oh, if you saw a kid like that on the street with no notoriety and not knowing who he was <laughs> yeah. behaving like that, and he was exactly. two inches from drowning, I'd give him a fucking four-inch shove. Boom. <laughs> yep. Fuck that guy. I'm with you. Another stamp of approval. <laughs> with always tired tattooed on so his we're, face. We're getting oh old, aren't we? This is the sign. Fuck we are getting old. Okay. We can't deal with the young quarterback. Okay, boomers. That. Yeah, okay, Whoa. boomers. Anyway. I know, you're Gen Xers. It's fine. <laughs> it's fun. All right, well, I think that'll probably do us uh, for this week, unless there's anything pressing you guys want to no. mention. For like most uh, TikTokers over the age of 35, wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) Bedtime. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Um, Well, the GMSR boys are going to be coming to you every two weeks now. This is going to be – we're rolling out our off-season schedule. Uh, We'll probably pick it up when the NBA and NHL playoffs uh, really kick into gear. And then probably go back to taking it easy uh, until football season comes around again. So um, that's a good idea. Maybe you get the drafts. Right. NBA, NHL playoffs, draft. That's all around the same time. Um, But unless we're going to talk college basketball, you're right. It's pretty slow pickings for the next month or two. So. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, make sure to uh, hit Johnny up on Twitter at Green Mountain Grinder on Twitter, Green MT Grinder. You can get me on Twitter at Green Mountain Sports, Green MT Sports. Uh, we got the Instagram with Marty uh, at Green Mountain uh, Sports there as well on Facebook. And uh, I'm in the process of trying to roll us out on more platforms so we can uh, continue to grow this thing uh, as we carry on. So thank you so much for listening. Remember to like, share, subscribe. This do episode all the damn should put shit. us over a, a G. Over a G. Excellent. Point. So uh, help us get there. We're almost to 1,000 listens and downloads. Uh, thank you so much. We couldn't do it without you, boys. And you can hit up Johnny on TikTok now. His name is Dirty Spanks. Hey! 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 hey, hey. <laughs> All right. Have a good week, guys.